Welcome to this week's edition of Everything Fast Pitch by Fast Pitch Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 299. Got a really good show lined up for you as we get ready to click over to number 300. It's a shocking Very cool. realization that we're going to uh, be recording our 300th podcast pretty soon. In our warm-up segment this week, we've got our Did You Know, City of the Week, Player of the Week, Equipment Tip of the Week. We have a great listener question and, of course, Paige's Power Play. In our lead-off topic, we're going to talk about, is it important for teammates to really be friends and how much impact that could have on a team? In our cleanup topic, we're going to talk about bunting and why it's so rare now that when somebody's good at it, it almost seems like a shock. And then in our action coach coaching tip of the week, we're going to talk about body language and uh, how it's important for coaches and players and the more we know about it, the better off we're going to be. So before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of the hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. And again, take advantage of that EFP20. It's going to help you save on your purchase and also help support the podcast. Also, if you're interested in supporting the podcast, please become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Uh, next week when we record number 300, we're going to be doing some giveaways for our patrons as a thank you for all their support. We've had a great group of patrons that have been supporting us for a long time. We would love for you to come on board and become the next one to help keep this podcast alive. So patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. We've been talking about Magic Mind now for a while and something that I've been included in my life and something that's making a really big difference for me. You know, one of the things I've talked a lot about a lot is this whole old man brain and being able to stay so much more focused and so much more um, accomplished throughout the course of the day. And I think that Magic Mind's making a really big difference for me in that regard. It's a really easy product to use, and it's also cut down, I think, a great deal on the amount of caffeine that I'm taking in. So if you're interested in having the same kind of help that I've been getting from a product, check out Magic Mind at www.magicmind.com slash fastpitch. You can use the FastPitch20 discount code, and that's going to save you 20% on your purchase. Now, as I've said before, I'm always the skeptical person, but it's making a really big difference for me, and I think it'll make a big difference for you, too. So, Don, our warm-up segment is sponsored by Bidinger & Styles DDS. They're located in Webster, Mass. They're longtime supporters of this podcast, and if you live in that part of the country, you have any dental needs at all, contact the folks at Bidinger & Styles. So, Don, did you know... In February this year, the HBCU Invitational is going to be played in Covington, Georgia, just uh, here in the greater Atlanta area. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So the HBCU softball world is something that I think is, is sometimes underappreciated, maybe not something that everybody's as aware of as they should be. Historically, black colleges and universities have a long tradition of great athletics, not so much in the world of softball, though, and I think that that's something that's changing and uh, you know we're seeing a lot more really successful programs, a lot of a lot of uh, schools that are committing so much more uh, to their um, athletic programs. You know, back you know once upon a time, you know Tennessee State, a school that I was very familiar with when I lived in Tennessee. 
know, was cranking out Olympian track athletes all the time on the female side. And, uh, you know, the, the women's track program at TSU was, was world renowned. You've got, uh, stories of some, you know, really amazing NFL players like Jerry Rice and Walter Payton that played at HBCUs, you know, once upon a time. Well, now we're starting to see some growth on the softball side and we want to support that event. So if, uh, you're available if you're in the Atlanta area or you're just uh, looking to see some really good softball played by some schools that aren't necessarily going to be getting the headlines but still play really good softball, check out the HBCU Invitational in Covington, Georgia. Um, and again, it's something that I think you know, is a really important event and something we want to be paying attention to. So, so did you know, February 16th to 18th, go to HBCU Invite in Covington and support those uh, tremendous softball teams. But on our city of the week this week is Seymour, Indiana. Seymour, Indiana. I know uh, they play probably play tons of good softball there. Yeah, well, it's yeah. Uh, a part of the country I've uh, never really spent tons and tons of time in Indiana, except driving through the great state. And I've seen the signs for Seymour more times than I can count driving up and down the highway. Obviously, the state of Indiana is a, a great sports place. You know, the state of Indiana is really well known for their love of high school basketball, you know, going back to the movie Hoosiers and some of those stories, you know, some of the, you know, Larry Bird uh, stories and and people like that that have made Indiana basketball famous. But Seymour is one of those communities that uh, really does support their uh, travel ball and the the school ball programs. Um, They play a lot of great softball in that part of the country. And obviously, we're always excited to see the numbers going up anywhere that they jump. And so uh, we want to say thank you very much to the folks in the Seymour area because obviously the the growth somebody that we shared saw, it. Yeah, yeah. somebody spread the word and 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 once we get you know that word of mouth going for us, it's a really big deal. It helps us uh, continue to see the numbers going up. So congratulations to Seymour, Indiana. You're the uh, fast pitch prep city of the week. Our player of the week this week is Blair Fuller, and Blair got nominated not so much because she had just one amazing weekend, but because she's been a kid that has. Worked really, really hard. She's a young player, played ten and under, um, and is learning how to pitch. And cool, long yeah. story short, um, you know, she worked really hard at learning some things, and then found out that some of what she had was learning success. at a younger age. Well, but yeah. some of what she was learning at a younger age, she had a little bit of success, but was very limited. You know, and, and ended up uh, going to a different pitching coach. You know, learning a different style of pitching, something that's uh, you know going to open the door for her to have a lot more long term success. But you know, anytime as a young player, you know that ten and under age group, you know the 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 challenges and the the opportunities for growth are so gigantic that she went through a little bit of a period where she was really doubting herself, struggling with her confidence, struggling with her performance, but stuck with it, kept Things grinding, clicked. kept yeah. working, and you know, had that breakthrough that you know that we're always hoping for. And of course, when you're talking about a player in this age group, we know that they're just scratching the surface of what they're going to ultimately accomplish as the a player. Beginning of a marathon. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's a great way to say it, that it is a marathon, not a sprint. Blair certainly is cut from the cloth that she's going to be in it for the long haul and keep working and keep grinding. And to me, that is exactly the kind of player that we want to be recognizing as our player of the week. So great, some, great job, Blair. Yeah, and yeah. so somebody in your life is worthy of nomination. Please make sure you send us those player of the week nominations to everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. So make sure you send us those nominations. We're in a little bit of a lull now. We uh, need to get some nominations going again. I think with the holidays, the people have kind of, you know, Back burner it a little focus bit, a little. Yep. Um, but you all know somebody, whether it's a great on the field accomplishment or something that they're doing in the community, you know, just the grinded out attitude that a player like Blair has, you know, we want to make sure that we're recognizing those players. So send those nominations on in 
and let Coach Don and I figure it out. So I want to say again, congratulations to Blair Fuller. You're the Fast Pitch Prep Player of the Week. So Don, our equipment tip of the week, let's talk about the Square Cuts training discs. Tori, the discs are great. If you don't have a set or if you're not familiar with them, you need to check them out because uh, they're just a, a neat product that's going to create something different for your practices and uh, give some feedback that otherwise we might be missing out on. Yeah, and for sure, to me, it's a it's a no-brainer. It's something that you can use in your individual training at the house, something that every team should have in their toolkit for practice. They're easy to get. They're, you go to the uh, fastpitchprep.com website. They're $49.95 a dozen. Go ahead and get them ordered up, and we'll get them shipped out to you right away. The one place that we're really advertising for the Square Cuts is here on the podcast. Right. And uh, we certainly would encourage all of our listeners to check it out. If you go to the fastpitchprep.com website, go to the YouTube channel. There's a couple of short little videos kind of lay out how the discs were designed and what how they're meant to be used from a hitting perspective. Um, and again, they have a lot of other uses too. So go, go to the fastpitchprep.com website, order your Square Cuts training discs there. That's going to take us to our listener question. The listener question is sponsored by Magic Mind. We talked about them at the beginning. Again, it's a product that we truly believe in, something that we think you're going to enjoy adding to your routine. It's going to make you uh, sharper and, and uh, feel better as, as you start your day and as you make your way through the day. The listener question this week comes to us from John, and John wants to know, how much should a 10U travel team practice? As much as we can, Tori. We, yeah. yeah, I don't think that we could really do too much and uh, again my fear is always not doing enough and you know the challenge is getting everybody together you know organizing practices and you know and all those things but if the kids are available and you're able to do it you know the more often we can get together and and expose them to you know the skills and the fundamentals of our game I think the sooner they're going to you know do well and enjoy it right well I don't want to call John out too much on this one because the tone of his uh, email, I just, you know, cut that question out of a, a, a fairly long email. Right, right. And his uh, position was that he felt like their team was practicing too much. Oh, and, okay. And, and again, it sounded like uh, we're talking about a couple of days a week, you know, like a, <laughs> a midweek practice and then a weekend practice when they're not playing. And, you know, to me, one of the things that I've observed is that typically when someone feels like their team is practicing too much. It's not the player whoever feels like they're practicing too much. It's the parent who has to somehow figure Get out how to make it work it. for their player to be at practice too much. And on my end too, Tori, I'm like, well, I want to be the best of the best of the best. So that doesn't happen, you know, without that extra effort right. and without the extra and, practice. And so. and so, and especially for the younger age, my, my experience with travel ball is fairly limited. But there was a stretch a few years ago I was helping with a very talented 12 and under team that was really struggling. I mean, just was scuffling and, and underperforming for the talent level that the, that the team had. And we were in a situation then the players were all fairly local so that, you know, that you know, practicing was something that we could do. And we hit into a stretch where we had practice on Monday we had practice on Thursday, and if we didn't play on the weekend, we would have practice on Saturday. And so there was a bunch of weeks that we had three practices during the week. Now, each one of them was you know, an hour and a half, two hours long, so it wasn't like a mega practice idea. And you could create variety. Yeah. yeah. But what I will tell you for sure is that is one of the very few times in my travel ball experience that I saw a team drastically improve and drastically change themselves 
from where they were really struggling and playing pretty bad softball for a bunch of talented kids to getting better week after week, playing better, and ultimately having a really good end of the year and and accomplishing a, a lot as that season wore on. And now that was 12 and under, so we're still kind of in the same age group neighborhood. But I think that uh, that that to me is the perfect example of you know if we really want to be good at this game, you know, it takes more than just you know the random practice every once in a while. It takes more than kids going to lessons or practicing on their own. And I understand. I'm I'm, I'm sympathetic. I mean, it depends on what your goals are, right? right. And yeah. I'm, I'm I'm very sympathetic to the family that has a lot of stuff going on. It can be Multiple really daunting to, yeah. to juggle all that stuff, and, and all of a sudden have a coach say, "Hey, we're going to practice three times." a week, you know, because we, we need it to, to make our team better, that that can feel like an awful lot of an obligation. But the flip side of it is, and Don, you know, I, I agree a hundred percent with your assessment. If you want to be good at this game, if you're playing this game, if you think that it's going to somehow happen miraculously, you're sadly mistaken. There's, there's something, you know, that just softball for sure. Baseball is another one that you are not going to be really good at this game just because you're a great athlete or just because you're naturally gifted or just because you're a, you know, some success, but yeah, yeah. you know, the kid who's a really good basketball player might be able to fake their way through not practicing because they're really fast or really quick or really big, or they can jump really high. They don't necessarily have to have a team practice to jump higher than everybody else. But if you want them to be able to run plays and offenses and defenses and do stuff like that, guess what? They need to practice in all sports. Yeah. But softball is one, if you're not practicing as a team consistently, you're never going to be able to do the team stuff you need to do to play this game well. And so how much is too much? When your kid says, well, I'm really tired. I don't think I can possibly muster the strength to go to practice. Then we got to start to think about are we practicing a little bit too much? Now that, that's good that they're you know pondering the question because that's part of the being the magic coach, right? Right. That, that can balance all that stuff. Yeah, and and of course we're hoping you know, that, and we're talking about this from the assumption that you know the coaches are running good practices and keep it and, fun, and having a, mm-hmm. having a plan and and not wasting everybody's time. You know, I would definitely say practicing too much would start to creep into my mind if all we were doing at practice was talking and standing around. Right. But if we're having real practices where my kid's getting work and getting reps and learning things, I would say you can never have too much. There's so many details for this game. Yeah. yeah. And especially team stuff that we need to get good at. And at 10 and under, they they need to be better at be everything. Exposed to it. Yeah, I think, yeah. And they need to be better at everything. There's just no nice way to say it. I, I mean, and I don't even mean, are they winning <laughs> or losing? I mean, just so they can start to play real softball. Sure. All right, so John, thank you very much for the question. If you have questions, comments, ideas, suggestions, make sure you reach out to us. Again, the same email addresses you're going to use for your Player of the Week nominations, everythingfastpitch at gmail.com, fastpitchprep at gmail.com. All right, so Don, that's going to take us to this week's edition of Paige's Power Play. Hey, it's Paige here. I can't believe Christmas was here, depending on when you listen to this, is here and gone. Um, but I just wanted to touch base with you guys because a couple of weeks ago I had part one of my vision board workshop and it was amazing. And part one's all about reflecting and the girls celebrated so much and were so surprised by how much they accomplished, but, you know, also looking at what they learned and how they want to improve going into 2024 And it is not too late for you to join in on part two of the vision board workshop, even if 
you guys missed out on part one. Um, my favorite part about this workshop is that it all begins with our mind, meaning the goals and the dreams, they don't just happen. We have to think about them. We have to write them down, picture them, visualize them in order for them to really come true. And my absolute favorite part of the vision board workshop is showing your daughter how to actually believe in the goals and dreams that she sets for herself. And that's coming in part two. My favorite part is empowering her to take charge and go after what she really wants. That's why I love this workshop so much. Don't wait another second to get your daughter signed up for part two of the vision board workshop. Um, it only happens once a year. And remember that this year I am the, the little catch is that it, the, the vision board workshop is all a part of the confident athlete. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. If you've been thinking about getting into mindset work and getting your daughter some help when it comes to her mental game, you're going to be joining the confident athlete and you get this awesome workshop, which is going to be part two. I know we already did part one and she's going to be, I'm going to be teaching her how to believe in the goals that she sets for this year and creating that vision board. Um, it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait to, uh, to see you, to, to meet her and you can go enroll in the confident athlete to get access to this second part of vision board workshop and get started in the confident athlete as well on my website at pagetons.com backslash the confident athlete. And if you have any questions, don't ever hesitate to reach out. I'm here to help you support you and serve you. Have a very Merry Christmas if you didn't already and a happy new year. Folks, you know I love Paige. I think she does an amazing job with the tidbits she shares every week, but we need to support her programs. Make sure you go to pagetons.com. So now that's going to take us to our leadoff segment sponsored by Elite Sporting Goods. They're located at 905 Grayson Highway in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Phone number there is 678-377-0270. You can also contact them at elitesportsorders at yahoo.com. They just got a huge shipment in. They got tons of bats, balls, gloves, bags, everything you could possibly need. And they're happy to ship anywhere in the United States. So Don, this is something I've read about past week and was really kind of curious about that was something that was worthy of discussion. So how important is it for teammates to be friends? And how much of an impact does that quote unquote friendship have on our team success? Well, I think that's a great question because I think a lot of the success that we have as a team kind of depends on, you know, how we get along. And I mean, when we say friends, it's like, you know, if we're not best friends, that's okay. But we need to have a genuine interest in doing well individually so we can do well collectively as a group, I think. And I've just seen so many times over the years how great teams kind of get pulled apart by the lack of those type of connections. So sadly enough, I think the ultimate success would be to have uh, a group of athletes that are, you know, tight and have a genuine want for everyone to do well. Right. You know? Well, the thing that I've, I've always thought about, and this is something that I think, you know, it might be a little bit generational, but I can remember playing on teams and, and having teammates that I was not friendly with at all. Honestly, in some cases, rivals or, or honestly, even uh, I guess you'd say frenemies. Like if the choice was our team's going to fight the other team because this guy started something, <laughs> I'm going to support our guy 
in our fight with the other team. But if that same guy did something to somebody on our team, I'd probably fight him. Right. Right. But the thing that I always go back to is I always wanted to win more than I wanted to care about anything else. I always wanted to be successful as a team more than I cared about anything else. I think, you know, to your point, the idea of if we want to be successful as a team, we don't have to necessarily all be best friends. We don't right. have to be hanging out and socializing and doing stuff together every minute of every day that we can type friendship. But we do have to have enough mutual respect and maturity about how we interact with each other to make sure that we're treating each Being other friendly. the right way and those kinds of things. And so to me, one of the things that you know you hear all the time is this team is like family. These kids love each other. Yep. You know, and and it's great when that happens. But even in those situations, I mean, it's never always going to be perfect. You know, you can love somebody but still be a jerk to them. So sure. you know, the fact that I think we need to spend more time from a team perspective helping players respect each other and support each other, you know, being teammates first. And if that means that they also get to be really good friends, I think that's, that's you know, a bonus. Yeah. Jackpot. Yeah. Um, but no matter what, that because we are choosing to be teammates, that so we have to be able to respect each other, support each other, play for each other as much as we possibly can. And those kinds of things, because I think it's a, a little bit of a trick, especially now in certain situations, you know, in, in the school ball setting, you spend time with those players every single day of your life. And, and the idea that 15 kids are all going to be together every single day at lunch, in class, going to practice, riding the bus, all that stuff, and always get along and, and really be true best friends is probably unrealistic. And from the travel ball perspective, the idea that, you know, we've got kids from, you know, eight different schools, you know, sometimes from, you know, six different states showing up play together that those kids are going to all have sometimes they're on rival high school teams right joining and, and, for a travel team yeah and, and that they're always going to be able to be really good friends i think is unrealistic but i think we can help them all become really good teammates and to me you know i think the thing that you mentioned earlier about teams falling apart or you know, being torn apart because they don't get along or they can't get along and you know, we've all seen that happen but it's not because they're not friends. It's because they don't know how to treat each other with respect as, as teammates should treat each other. Well, I like what you're saying about uh, being respectful. And again, the, the team building concept, you know, we're having, you know, whether it's a pizza party or, uh, you know, go watch a college game on TV at the coach's house, you know, whatever it might be. I think that's really important because developing that, that understanding of who your teammates are, you see them at practice, but you know, do they have, uh, you know, siblings? Do they have friends in common? You know, do you have other interests away from softball, you know, play an instrument, whatever it might be. Um, we learn a lot of those things away from the softball field too. And right. that, that kind of draws us into pulling for and, and being a better teammate to people that we really kind of know. Well, and I think that again, finding that balance, I mean, it's great if we can all be friends, but the most important thing is that we all be teammates. And I think, you know, from team success, that that's something that we have to spend some time probably working on in your idea of, you know, team building and stuff like that. It's not necessarily so much that we're going to do a team building activity because we want to force the issue to make people become more friendly. But, you know, as you said, you know, just to know each other better, Learning, to have more respect yeah. for each other, to understand where they, they come from and, and what their you know, other interests might be. You know, one of the most shocking things to me is, you know, when we look at, at any sport, but for sure in the softball world, you know, how varied and different the backgrounds of each team can be. You know, you can have one player that 
very financially well off, mom and dad, perfect, quote unquote, perfect, you know, leave it to beaver kind of family where everything is, you know, hunky dory at home. And then, you know, other kids that have, you know, kind of rough home lives and, and rough, rough family situations. You know, you have some people that are very financially well off and some people that are looking for quarters in the car seat to, to have enough money to pay the gate fee to get in to watch their kid play that weekend and stuff like that. And so because it's such a varied group, I think that that's where the team building should be zeroing in on respecting each other, understanding differences, appreciating the fact that we're not all the same, but we can all still be pulling for the same goal. A lot of that kind of stuff I think would be way more beneficial than some of the other stuff that we're doing. Creating opportunities for them to win together, even away from the softball field. Right. You know, we can uh, generate some of that, I think, just artificially that works in the end. Yeah. And so our goal is to be as successful as we can. So how we're going to measure that success to me, I've seen plenty of opportunities and and plenty of situations in, in my coaching career where I felt teams underachieved for the talent that we had, for the expectations that we had going into a year. And every single one of those years that, that I felt like we underachieved, looking back at it, I can see something like this right. that was kind of lurking in the background. Maybe I wasn't aware of it. Maybe I didn't do enough to correct it. Maybe I was the problem. There was you know? a distraction somewhere. But there somewhere. was something mm-hmm. that group never got to the point where they were able to respect each other, like each other, care enough about the team to to get past some of these things and, and really achieve at the level that they were capable of. So we know for sure that it can go wrong. Now, I think we just have to make sure we're paying attention to doing some things to try to make it go right. Well, and that's what, just as you said that too, Tori, it kind of brought something to mind that uh, as a coach, we don't we don't know all these things that are happening behind the scenes, but we need to try and make sure that we're being conscious and trying to figure it out. Right. Are there things that are happening and, and making that connection with your players to where they will come to you and let you know so that you can interject and you know, help create a better environment for them to be comfortable and productive and to be the best team they can. But yeah, nothing more frustrating than at the end of the year going, if I would have known that there was this little thing going on over here, we could have addressed it and and knocked it out and maybe made it further through our season. Right. Had had Um, a little bit more success, maybe uh, accomplished a few more of your goals, that kind of thing. Right. So So being engaged and and aware of that stuff. So from a coach's perspective, I would say, if you are trying to create a situation where all of your players are going to be best friends with each other. I think you're probably chasing after a pretty elusive target, little dream, but I think we should all be aware of treating each other with respect, you know, understanding what it means to be a good teammate, you know, pulling for the team to be successful because there's always going to be some stuff, you know, that's going to be going on. And as you said, Don, if we're aware of that stuff, maybe we can do a few more things to, to mitigate it and keep it from being quite as big of a problem. So that, you know, to me, I think is going to go a long way towards helping all of our teams be a little bit more successful. And whether you're a player, a parent, or coach, I think you all have something to do with whether or not we're going to really be good teammates or not. All right. So that's going to take us to our cleanup topic. Our cleanup topic is sponsored by Pinnacle Power Butter. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to be sponsored by Pinnacle Power Butter. It's a nutritious snack that every athlete should have in their bag of tricks. It will allow you to get a great snack, something that's healthy and nutritious, all natural, and goes a long way towards making a ball player a better one. And Tori, our listeners can get their Pinnacle Power Butter at PinnaclePowerButter.com, and they can place their order there. Again, that's PinnaclePowerButter.com. If they use their promo code of EFP10, they can also get a 10% discount. And we're really excited that they're on board with us. 
products are great. We've used them and tried them at home. The whole family loves it. So make sure you take advantage of that EFP 10 discount. It's going to save you that 10%. It's going to help support the podcast at the same time. So Don, I saw something on Facebook the other day. And for all of our listeners, you know, I I spend a lot of time looking at the Facebook stuff because always hoping to have an idea of things that are interesting and and things that we want to talk about. And this was the thing that I saw that I just had to bring to the discussion today. was a video of a player, right-handed hitter, executing a really nice right-handed sneaky bunt, drag bunt for a hit. And based on the reactions to this video and the uh, you know, the comments and, and things that people shared, you would think that what we just saw in this video was the most amazing, most shocking, most... A right-handed out- batter was safe on a bunt? Yeah, the most amazing thing that's ever happened in the game. It was like, all these, you know, different, you know, comments. And again, you know, it was all very, very positive because it was a nice play, but it was nothing to the point where we should be praising this, you know, effort as the greatest bunt that's ever been bunted because it certainly wasn't anything like that. So was it just a typical base hit bunt? It was a base hit bunt. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a base hit bunt and the first baseman didn't charge aggressively enough and the pitcher couldn't get to it. So it wasn't even like everybody on the defense did exactly what they were supposed to do. She made a pretty good bunt, and the defense didn't make the play, and we turned it into this. Was she like the slowest player on the team? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. wasn't the fa- Probably wasn't the fastest player either. I couldn't tell you for sure, but there was nothing about it that was like, from an experienced perspective, looking at it, and it was like, ah, eh, okay, she bunted. A bunt. Yeah. But here's your my, point. My yeah. my point is, why or how have we gotten to the point where that effort, that play, that bunt? was so shocking and so amazing looking to people that hundreds of people had to chime in with comments about best bunt I've ever seen. Amazing. Never seen anything like that before. I'm going to make my daughter watch this a hundred times so she can do it too. How did we get here? I was going to say, we're just not in that mode where uh, I think hitting kind of goes in waves, you know, where we're really focused on power. We're really focused on short game and we're just not in that short game mode right now. And that's why it's like weird to see maybe. Yeah, well, it's definitely yeah. weird to see. And now you know, part of this is I understand that depending upon your situation, different times of the year, you know, showcasing and stuff like that, that sometimes bunting is just not something you need to be doing very much. But it's also something that everybody should be able to do. And people that are around the game of softball, enough that they're watching this video and, and interested in making a comment on it, shouldn't be dumbfounded by the fact that somebody could bunt for a hit. When we when we do our bunting here at the cage during our sessions, Tori, it's always, uh, you know, I, I comment to him, I, I want you to be the best bunter that never has to do it. You know, but when, when you're called on to do it, you better be comfortable and confident and uh, be able to execute a, a good bunt. Right. But uh, hopefully we can hit away and get the bunts down when we need to. Because that, that wins the close games. That wins the tough games. That wins the championships is if you can uh, if you can execute when it's time to bunt and move runners into scoring position cuz you know those one one nothing two one games that's the deal that's the fun right yep. well and and of course They're, this is coming from the coach that always got yelled at cuz I never bunted enough <laughs> but we worked on bunting i just felt like we had such strong hitting teams that hitting made more sense to me most of the time sure but we still had kids that could bunt we still had kids that had the you know the sneaky bunt in their arsenal and always had the ability to you know to call upon somebody to sacrifice if we needed to but so to me i just think it's something that caught my attention because i didn't think something 
that was it seemed normal normal and you know normal everyday thing could have uh, achieved you know ESPN okay. top 10 play of the day kinds of status on on Facebook uh, because everybody player, should be able to do that yeah, yeah. i think all, all all players should be able to do what this player did and the fact that so many people were so amazed by it tells me that they're not seeing it very often many of them don't have yeah. the ability so so why is bunting important as you said don it's going to help you win those close games when you're facing that really good pitcher that uh, is is hard to hit. Sometimes being able to get a ball bunted to you know get a runner moved into scoring position or to sneak a run in might be the difference between winning and losing. And obviously, we want to have as many tools in the toolbox as possible. You know, we talk about it all the time that kids don't get recruited because they're great bunters, but they definitely can add some credibility that's, to that's the, a good to, impression uh, on a coach add some credibility to their game by also being able to do those things too and so something that's become i don't want to say a lost art but it's definitely become a diminished art so we want to make sure that we keep reminding people that bunting is a really important skill and we need to be good at it get them down right so our action coach coaching tip of the week down let's talk about body language so first and foremost, I think that the idea of body language is something that's pretty well accepted now. We know that there's a lot of things that people do, mannerisms, posture, things like that, that say, say a lot about what's really going on versus maybe what's the words. That's talking without yeah. talking, right? right? You know, Obviously, we've talked about this in the past from a coach's perspective, that you really do betray yourself quite often by saying one thing, but your body's saying something else. So for our coaches, we wanted to make sure that we're thinking about body language and paying attention to it so that what you're saying and what your body is saying end up being the same thing and practicing the, the way you're standing, the, the attitude and the, the way that your body is, is portraying the message to make sure that we're sending the same message instead of uh, uh, confusing everybody. So Tori, when we watch, uh, you know, the college game and the college coaches and, um, some of them are just so calm, cool and collected, whether their team made an error or whether somebody hit a home run and, uh, you know, for them to keep that, uh, consistency for their kids, I think is really kind of neat. And then also too, some of them are super animated, Yeah. but I think it's all calculated. Like you're saying, they're, they're, they're doing what they're doing because they know that's what's going to have the best effect on their team you go to the ball field and you see a coach look up in the air and the arms go out. It's like, oh, you know, right. what are you doing? Or kicking some dirt or, you know, putting their head down and stomping out towards the, towards the out. That has an effect on people for us to have a calculated, you know, process I think is important. So to bring this up is great. Yeah, and unfortunately uh, you just went through the, uh, Tory's, uh, greatest <laughs> hits, uh, montage with, uh, all you were things. seeing yourself stomping yeah, like, down the yeah, line, the, throwing your hands up in disgust because we didn't get a bunt down or whatever. So, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but I think it's important for us from a coach's perspective. The other thing is we want to make sure that we're aware of it and paying attention to it in the players that we're coaching. Absolutely. Because there's an awful lot of information available to you. And so, you know, maybe it is a situation where you need to bunt, but you can just tell from the player's body language that they're not confident. That they're carrying themselves in a way that says, I don't really think I can get this bunt down right now, coach. What if you're a pitcher in the circle and somebody makes an error behind you? Right. You know, trying to become more aware of it so that we can make better decisions, hopefully maybe help our players be a little bit more successful and consistent in their performance. But definitely, you know, body language is something that's a crucial part of coaching. If you're going to do it well, you have to control yours and you have to be a student of other people's so that you can read between the lines and have a better idea of the choices you're going to be making as a coach. So also, too, the confidence of players, Tori, when they 
come up to the plate when they come up to bat. They can either look very intimidated or they can look like they're trying to intimidate. Right. You know, the way they, you know, keep your head up and walk out there, dig in, look and feel confident, or you can do the other. Right. Yeah. And and so again, it's something that uh, should be a part of our, our everyday discussion from a coach's perspective. You know, I think it's something we have to be working with our players on, but we also have to be working with ourselves. And I think if we mm-hmm. do a good job of, of monitoring and managing our own body language, doing a better job with that, then when we're talking to players about how important their body language is, it certainly makes a little bit more sense to Better them. impression. Right. Yeah. And and it's you know, definitely a, a tough sell if you're the coach that throws their hands up and you know, acts like disgusted all the time and stomps around and turns your back and slumps your shoulders to then be turning around and telling one of your players, well, you know, when you slump your shoulders, you don't look very confident. Well, dude, you do that all the time. Do this, it, it, it looks you know one way and, and we need you to look some other way. So I think it's important that we're paying attention. No, I think that's a, a good message, Tori. And from a coach's standpoint, we got to talk to the players about it or we can't just expect it to happen. Yeah, right? well, this, this yeah. is a practicable skill. Right. That's that's the thing that we have to understand. And, and it's an awareness thing. I think an awful lot of players that have really bad body language or coaches that have bad body language. They just don't understand how important it really is, how crucial it is. And it's kind of a learned habit. Yeah. Yeah. So let's make it a good habit. Yeah. So let's get on the right track. Yeah. What's that old saying? No matter how long you've been on the wrong road, you can always turn around. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So let's, let's turn around for a lot of us. So Don, that's going to wrap up number 299. Please make sure you support our sponsors, the Anderson Bat Company, Magic Mind, Bittinger and Styles, DDS, Elite Sporting Goods, Pinnacle Power, and Action Coach. Become a patron if you can. Go to patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Again, for number 300 next week, we're going to be doing a patron giveaway. Go to patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch to get signed up. Make sure that you go to the fastpitchprep.com website. Order your Square Cuts training discs there. You also have access to the YouTube channel and the blog post. There's tons and tons of information on the fastpitchprep.com website. So if you have questions, comments, ideas, or suggestions, Reach out to us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. So for Coach Don McKinley, our producer Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.